I didn't quite come up with quite as clever of a title for this one. I tried. <laughs> I just called it Carnifex Records. Carnifex was my best. Records. It's not as good as Puddle of Tom. Puddle of Tom. <laughs> Puddle of Tom. Puddle of... Wait, what was the one before that? that um, one... <laughs> it was... So the first one was Mutilated Crack. Yeah, Mutilated Crack. Second one was Sun Cook Moon. Yeah. And then the third one was Swans of Death Metal. Yeah, Swans of Death Metal. Puddle of Tom. Puddle of Tom. Carnifex Records. Nice. Hello, and welcome to Shuffle Episode 5. I'm your host, Jared Wanniger, and I would like to just remind you to please listen to the playlists of the tracks we will be discussing in this episode. Links to Spotify and YouTube playlists are contained in the description for this episode. We are yet again joined by special guest, D. Manthe. That's right. Mr. D. I prefer. Mr. D. From now on, Mr. D. Is it Mr. or Mr. (laughs) Mr. D. Mr. D. Mr. Duh. Manthe. Mr. Duh. Mr. Mr. Duh. If you don't mind. Mr. Duh. Manthe. Mr. Duh. Manthe. If you don't mind. Okay. Mr. Manthe. Hello. Greetings. It has been five episodes without an ICP incident. I sadly did not find any news for our Insane Clown Posse News Corner mm. segment, which I know is a it's a, a listener favorite. You didn't find your ICP guy who gives you the word on the street? I don't got that guy yet. I guess when you're kicked out of the ICP culture like you were, you're really out. Yeah, because, you know, I was so deep in. As oh, you were I, deep. I was you were in deep. Patched man tattoos that I had to have laser removed <laughs> off my body. Permanent juggalo clown makeup face on my face. When you sweat, I still smell the fago. It 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 still seeps out <laughs> of my pores really after do. the years of just <laughs> dousing myself in it. Uh, have you been listening to anything this week? You've been grooving on. Uh, well, I mean, Creed, Wings. I'm always a wing. Now puddle of mud. A puddle, uh, puddle of mud. You know, all right. Not as heavy in the rotation. I'm just really getting into the wings, the deep <laughs> wings discography. You'd be surprised how deep it can get. Do you have like a playlist of deep cuts and rarities and B-sides? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But don't quiz me on it because it's just uh, I don't like to talk about the details. Well, I but know. I promise I'm listening I, to it. I know that you don't know any of the specific titles of any of the songs because when you listen to Wings, you listen to the entire discography in one sitting. It's yeah, never exactly. like a, this song or that. It's the whole discography. A lot of people make a mistake by getting caught in the details, but with Wings, more than any other band, it's all about the experience. It's really like just one song for you. <laughs> exactly. It's just the Paul McCartney Wings it's experience. Just, exactly. Exactly. I just fly away on those Wings. So besides, besides that, besides listening to his discography on repeat, did anything else slip its way in there? There's something else. So Panda Bear, I'm a big fan of Panda Bear, who is a musician who's also an animal Kind of a experimental, although that's a very, it's a contentious title, let's be honest. Ex- he probably doesn't like being labeled by He's an electronic artist. Yeah. Electronic pop, increasingly. I mean, I yes. think. Maybe experimental pop, but probably not. But he has an album that came out earlier this year called Panda Bear vs. The Grim Reaper, which is very good. And he recently came out, like a month ago, with an EP called Crosswords. Okay. And it's got like five songs on it, one remix from his earlier album. And it's really good. I gotta say, it's very good. It's kind of like a 
more domestic end of it. Like he's growing up, maybe? Yeah, growing up, kind of just the music. I know this sounds like an insult. I don't mean it to be, but the music is more like, like background music, but not in a bad way. The music is more relaxing, whereas some of his earlier stuff in Animal Collective's earlier stuff, it was like manic chaos. Well, I know like some of the songs off of like Strawberry Jam, like forced you to pay attention exactly. to it. Yeah, and this is. I mean, Panda Bear has always been a bit more chill, but this, especially this EP, I find it's pretty, it's domestic. I don't know. He's getting older. He's a father, husband. I don't know. So would you call it, like, dad experimental? Oh, I mean, I hate to say it. I mean, honestly, I listened to it and I was like, this is electronic pop music. Which maybe you could say is like dad experimental. It <laughs> it's more just At conventional. In like, the animal uh, collective world, yeah. dropping the experimental off might be a form of maturity. Exactly. Yeah. So it's good. I mean, it's good. I recommend it if you're a panda bear fan. But if you're looking for the hardcore, crazy, AV tear screaming, you're going to have to listen to that in your other earbud. <laughs> Simultaneous as, as Ooh, the crosswords. You're like making your own animal collective mixes. That's almost. right. That's right. But you always have wings playing in the background. Well, <laughs> Otherwise, you're just going to totally lose all ground. Just a bass, yeah. constant noise in the background. Constant wings. If you're looking for something a little more experimental, what I've been listening to this week falls into that realm. Uh, have you heard of 10Tricks Point Never? No. No. He is an electronic artist. His, his music's been described as experimental, ambient... <laughs> Vaporwave. I don't know if you've heard of Vaporwave. So Vaporwave, it's a musical genre that was pioneered by this guy. And it uh, it uses 80s and 90s pop cultural samples and references, highly chopped and glitched up. This He put out this mixtape called Echo Jams and heavily samples the Sega Genesis game Echo the Dolphin, <laughs> as well wow. as like 90s R&B. It's similar to Witch House and Chill Wave, which are also kind of two made-up genres. I, <laughs> I'm just waiting for a Witch House song to pop up on the playlist so I can tell you all about. What yeah, because I am is. not familiar with that genre. But say, okay, so one of tricks point never. I like. I'm not trying to step on any toes or say anything really controversial, but I he's kind of like a, a modern Aphex Twin. Not mm. that Aphex Twin isn't doing stuff still, but. He was huge in revolutionizing the electronic music world back in the 90s. Yeah. He kind of disappeared for a while. Now he's putting out a bunch of stuff. It's very similar to what he's done. This guy, I feel, is moving it in a new direction. It's He has this song out right now. Uh, well, he has an album coming out November 13th called Garden of Delete. And he recently just dropped a single called Mutant Standard. And... It's it's crazy. It's awesome. Uh, I'll check it, it out. I feel like it's really good music for people who have a hard time paying attention to electronic music. <laughs> like I feel like it's a rebellion against like house music because that gets really, really kind of repetitive, repetitive. and conventional. So like, almost. yeah, like 
almost every 30 seconds the song completely changes its thought process it's very wow. schizophrenic is the best way i can put it yeah and it, it's almost frustrating at times because right as you're starting to be like oh i really like this boom <laughs> it changes on you yeah it keeps you on your toes i actually i saw him live accidentally <laughs> in that he opened up for Sigur rose really yes wow. and i i don't think Sigur rose picked this guy out i feel like their label might have because it's an odd pairing so yeah his music is borderline inaccessible at times so he opened up and like basically unannounced he just walked up to like a table with a laptop and started playing music and then just walked away after about a half hour it was really (laughs) antisocial and about halfway through cigarosis said yonzi the lead singer is like put your hands together for for our opener like he didn't even know his name. <laughs> that guy. So wow, I, I'm I'm really digging it. I'm really excited for this new album to come out, Garden of Delete. Wait, and what? The name of the artist? One O Tricks Point Never. One O Tricks Point Never. It's O N E O H T R I X, and then the word point, <laughs> P O I N T, and then never any. Yeah. Three separate words. Nice, nice. I'll have to check that out. Definitely. Do you recommend it simultaneously with Sigur Rose? The kind of dual earbud scenario? Mm, no, <laughs> I don't. Sigur Rose music, it like burns like a well-built fire. Yeah. Where this guy is like... Firecrackers. Firecrackers <laughs> are like throwing gasoline on fire <laughs> yeah. and then seeing what happens. <laughs> nice. But I, I do recommend it if you're in the mood for it. Like I said, it, it is kind of inaccessible sometimes. I feel like this new album is getting more in the dad. Can't I getting domestic a he, little bit? It's it's not as offensive. Yeah, this is the best way I can put it. It still spastically changes, but it's a lot more accessible. The little segments and all chopped up. Alright, well you can move on to our first song, Watching the Boats with My Dad by Buckethead. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh. No. I... But of all the titles, of all the songs, and you probably shouldn't even laugh at it, but watching the... <laughs> it makes me laugh. I feel like a terrible human being. Just the song title, Just... Watching the Boats with My Dad. <laughs> watching the Boats with My Dad. <laughs> It's just, uh, oh man, it's very Charlie Brown kind of. Oh, Aw, yes. shucks. Title. Very, very PG. Down. Yeah, very PG. So this is off of Buckethead's 1998 album, Colma. Uh, Buckethead is a guitarist and multi-instrumentalist. You might want to sit back and relax. I have a, I have quite a... Tale to tell <laughs> about Buckethead. He's got quite the the mythos, if not. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> right, are you familiar with Buckethead at all? Uh, again, probably just like as much as any modestly culturally informed person is. I know he's the guy with the kind of Halloween mask and the KFC head, and he's recorded ungodly amount of songs. <laughs> And you, that's about it. You know a lot more than most people. <laughs> okay, yeah, so maybe like, it's that, that makes you a borderline fan, <laughs> I would say. Because this, this guy is like a 
a guitar virtuoso that only music nerds really get into. Yes, yeah, so I guess I am a little... So. I guess I'm a buckethead. Actually, I'm a head nut. You're a bucketheadman? I noticed online a lot of people just call him head. head. Yeah, they do. All the hardcore fans say, thanks for this song, head. <laughs> Which is funny because Korn's lead guitarist's name is head, too. See, well, that's something else. People, There's a whole conspiracy about who he really is. His name's Brian. Allegedly. <laughs> uh, okay, Allegedly. I don't know anything about this conspiracy, <laughs> so maybe you can drop some knowledge on me after I... I will. I, I, I tell this tale. You give the history, and then I'll tell you okay. how it's, in fact, the exact opposite. Not yet. Deal. <laughs> you better build up a good story. <laughs> yeah. All right, so Buckethead, like I said, he's an incredibly proficient guitarist. He dabbles in heavy metal, progressive metal, funk metal, avant-garde metal, instrumental rock, experimental rock, ambient, blues, jazz, bluegrass, Etc. Etc. He 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 does everything. He uh like Dominic referenced, he has recorded an un ungodly amount of albums. So, the total number of studio studio albums, special releases, EPs, demo tapes, and works with other bands and projects that he has currently is around 316 albums. Wow. He has guest appearances on 97 albums. He has 19 albums or videos in his videography, and in total, Buckethead has been involved with 413 different album projects, solo or with other bands. And as of his 231st solo studio album, Six Days Till Halloween Underlayer, his total solo studio album running time is approximately 121 126.1 hours. Yeah. Uh, he's worked with the likes of Bootsy Collins, Iggy Pop, Les Claypool, Serge Talkin, Mike Patton, the actor Viggo Mortensen. <laughs> What'd they do? They've actually released eight albums together. Of course. I of known. Buckethead playing kind of smooth, jazzy guitar music and Viggo reciting poetry. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yep. Man, it's like Bu peeling back an onion. It just... <laughs> just Finding some oh funky layers in there. <laughs> Buckethead was a member of Guns N' Roses from 2000 to 2004 during the infamous Chinese democracy era. Which is, to interject, roughly around the time some fans started thinking maybe he actually was Slash. Huh. Because no one knows for sure. Allegedly. If you've you seen get, him in the same place at the same time. Exactly. If you get down to the deep subreddit, some people think Slash is Buckethead. So you were surfing the Buckethead subreddit? <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's a very, very scary, deprived place. Well, the only thing scarier than that is his website, if you've ever <laughs> visited it. Oh, wait, I think I maybe did see it. It's, it looks pretty old. It yes. It has like these horrifying, crazy pictures all over it. <laughs> Yeah. So he is a, as well as his solo work, he's a member of the band Deli Creeps, which is my favorite project of his. Praxis, Zillatron, Death Cube K, Cobra Strike, Thanantopis, Thanantopis, and Les Claypool's supergroup project, Colonel Claypool's Bucket of Bernie Brains. <laughs> so allegedly. Wow. According to the non-conspiracy theory, mm. 
Buckethead is a man named Brian Patrick Carroll. He grew up in Southern California near Disneyland. As a kid, he was obsessed with comic books, games, martial arts, movies, toys, and theme parks, all of which help create this Buckethead mythos. Let me see here. I, I, I took a lot There's of There's a notes. lot. There's a lot of Buckethead. So, <laughs> he pretty much went to Disneyland every day of his life when he was a kid, and it grew into this obsession with theme parks. And mm. he has this whole story of this place called Buckethead Land, which is an abusement park because ah. you get killed there. But wow. it's his and... own theme park. He has multiple concept albums about this theme park. Oh, okay, I see. In 1988, after seeing the film Halloween 4, he was inspired by the Michael Myers white mask. He instantly went out and bought a similar mask, and later on he was eating a bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken. And I quote, I was eating it, and I put the mask on, and then the bucket on my head. I went to the mirror. I just said, Buckethead. That's Buckethead right there. It was just one of those things. After that, I wanted to be that thing all the time. He's a genius. <laughs> I mean, he is a genius. Yeah. So Buckethead, like we said, <laughs> he wears a, a white Michael Myers mask. He's got long, curly brown hair, kind of imagine Weird Al's hair. Yeah. He often is wearing a blue jumpsuit or a yellow raincoat. And he has a giant bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken on his head. And in big block letters, the word funeral is written upon it. Uh, when he's in costume, he never speaks. Whenever he has done interviews, he only communicates through a, a severed rubber head that he mask that he wears on his hand, whose name is Herbie, and Herbie does all the talking for him. And Herbie is part of his backstory. <laughs> so, here's the story. I feel like I should be taking notes. This is amazing. I'll send you my Evernote <laughs> after I get done with this. And if you're curious at all to learn more, go on his website, because this is only a brief summary <laughs> of his backstory. Buckethead grew up on a farm, and all the farmers there hated him. They beat him, shocked him with cattle prods, made fun of him. And it made him so sad that one day he decided to move into the chicken coop. And he loved it in the chicken coop and his new chicken family. And his chicken family loved him so much that they scratched his face off. So he was forced to wear a mask all the time like it was Halloween, which made him happy. Hmm. One day, one of the mean farmers threw a bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken into the chicken coop. Buckethead, realizing that the fried chicken was a dead, fallen member of his chicken family, desperately tried to put all the chicken pieces back together. And when he failed, he snapped put the bucket on his head and went and murdered all of the farmers one of them being this Herbie character who's then he cut the guy's head off and uses it to talk through and since then he's used the sadness from his slaughtered chicken family and actually the souls of the dead chickens to channel through him and make him be a better guitar player he then went on to open his abusement park Buckethead Land but then when he didn't have enough money to keep it open, he got a job in the slaughterhouse to help bring in more funds. Wow. I feel like I understand his music a lot better. Yeah. Oftentimes, <laughs> during his live performances, he also will do robot dances, which 
people have speculated that he's a machine and not a human at all. And he's actually freakishly proficient with nunchucks. I've heard. And will just... I've seen video of it. He looks like Bruce Lee. Like, he's incredibly talented with nunchucks. So, you want to drop Ooh. some conspiracy theories on me? Or slash about, about the extent of it? It was about all... There's There appear to be two conspiracies. One is that he actually is Slash. It's okay. just an alter ego, which... I mean, no one even really knows what Slash looks like, as far as I know. Just the hat and sunglasses. But apparently Paul Gilbert is a very famous guitarist and besides in his own right being allegedly, you know, one of the top like 50 most proficient virtuoso of guitarists, also is a guitar instructor. I have heard that Buckethead Styles is supposed to be very similar to this guy. Well, and this is where the conspiracy leads, is that allegedly he was his teacher. Okay, Paul Gilbert taught Buckethead. But there's been various... The, the timeline doesn't quite map out if you go into the deep subreddits where there's Paul Gilbert's style in different phases of his life that mysteriously kind of align with Buckethead's style. And, most oddly, is they... Apparently, at one point, Buckethead was a relatively slender guy and then he got a little bit bigger. And Paul Gilbert himself... I think this could all be complete bullshit, but most things on subreddit aren't. <laughs> uh, he got a little <laughs> bit bigger, and some people think maybe they're the same person, but... So Slash, Buckethead, and Paul Gilbert are all the same person. Exactly. And they were all raised in a chicken <laughs> And they're all really Paul McCartney. That's the real kicker. Well, when it comes down to it, <laughs> we're all really Paul McCartney. We're all deep Paul down. McCartney. <laughs> deep, deep down. <laughs> A buckethead. Wait, so you're a big fan. <sighs> Let me ask you, as so again, I'm just gonna make you pretend you're a huge fan. Is Buckethead most known for playing really fast and amazing technical just virtuosity, or is he more of kind of the eclectic, slower, thoughtful guitar player who's still technically proficient, but he's not like the crazy speedster? Crazy speedster. That's what I thought. Like that's what I thought. Inhumanly okay. fast. That's what that was my impression of him. Like which makes this song a little bit it, strange. It, this is a very <laughs> weird song to be introduced to Buckethead with. Extremely strange. Yes. Though this is one of his most this is one of his most popular albums. Okay. In that it's the most accessible. Uh-huh. There's a song off this album called Whitewash that's other than Jordan, I think might be his most popular song. And it's one of these more calm songs. Okay. But yeah, he, he is an incredibly fast... I, I don't know enough about playing the guitar, but supposedly like he can do these crazy things where he's like... Finger picking and tapping with five fingers at the same time. The Van, he- the yeah, Van Halen like, kind of tap. And yeah. he makes heavy use of the kill switch too. So yeah. he'll do these crazy finger tappings and then use the kill switch to like distort the guitar playing further kind of yeah. Tom Morello-esque yeah so this album is kind of an anomaly in his discography he's got a couple albums like this now but this was the first one where it's this collection of calmer acoustic music the album Coma it's named after a city in California called Colma California hmm 
which is infamous for the amount of dead citizens in the city outnumber the amount of living citizens in the city a thousand to one. Is that right? Oh my god. The city started out <laughs> as a necropolis. So before it was ever a town, it was just endless fields of graveyards. And then it eventually got turned into a town, so... Let's build a town on it. <laughs> as of right now, it has a population of 1,792. And for each one of those, you, you know, you can speculate if it's a thousand to one for every person there, there's a thousand dead people. Jeez. The, the town's motto is, it's great to be alive in coma. <laughs> At and, least they take it in all its yeah. stride. So his mother is from coma or at least she lives there and he made this album for her because she was recovering from colon cancer mm. and wanted to make a nice easy listening to album for her to enjoy while she was recovering in the hospital i knew i would regret laughing at this but yeah, you're pretty nevertheless kind of a prick <laughs> <laughs> now we're gonna have to give trigger warnings <laughs> yeah no kidding god <laughs> should have done my research yeah. more you're too busy in the deep web looking yeah, exactly. up conspiracy <laughs> theories. Wait, so so how did you feel about this song? I thought it was kind of boring. Okay. I'm going to be honest. I, <laughs> I think it's very nice to listen to. It was very calm and tranquil. Like, it made me think of calm waters. I, I can... Someone, a music reviewer, was talking about the album and said about the song... Watching the boats with my dad is so wistful and flows so gently, you have to believe it was inspired by a real moment. Mm. So, I don't know, I, it kind of <laughs> has this blurry, nostalgic sound to it. It ends really abruptly, which I think is kind of it odd. odd. Yeah, that's uh, odd. Like, it's almost like the whole song could loop in, like, forever, and he yeah. just decided to cut it off right there. Yeah. Well, what did you think? I mean, it's a silly song. I couldn't help but think this was a very silly... I feel like if it had been by someone not called Buckethead, who wears a KFC bucket on his head, hence the name <laughs> Buckethead, if it was by someone named, like, Pierre... Uh, Pierre... Some bullshit French name, and it was called, you know, watching... Acoustic Jones. Yeah, yeah, Acoustic Jones <laughs> watching the boats. Maybe I would have been... You know, more likely to buy into this song, but it just seemed so sentimental and cliche. It sound—it literally sounded like it would be in Twin Peaks, and I would hear Agent Cooper saying, "You know, where are you, Laura?" Yeah. While this is playing, and it's just like, uh. see, do you want to know what this made me think of? What? I don't—I don't know how obscure this is. So. <laughs> I don't know if they even have this anymore, but I remember as a child going to Target and Walmart superstores, and there would always be this end cap display of this board with buttons on it, and you'd push a button and music would play, and they were like selling these like summer rain albums, and it was like yeah, yes, yes, you know yes, what I'm talking yes, about? I know, yes, exactly. it was right by the scented yep. candles. This sounds... They're just targeted for, like, white middle-class like, moms. Yeah, yeah, like, if you were yep. to layer this with the sound of, like, a, a soft summer storm in the background, yes. you yeah. could sell this at Walmart <laughs> on one of those end cap displays. Yeah, exactly. Here's an album for your mood. Yeah. 
pure yeah, moods exactly. enigmatic thoughts and something yeah no that's that's a fantastic way to describe it maybe somewhere in some walmart in fact that is there i hope it was i mean i don't want to say it was a terrible song but it was a silly song i agree i the what? rest of this album is actually pretty damn good okay I'll i wouldn't write it off because of this song because I, I know him i know buckethead as a sort of virtuoso i mean yes. like 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 joe satriani and steve Vai. yeah i think he's i mean it's one of those house. and so which just made this song just all the more ridiculous it was just someone would listen to this and just be like oh shucks just <laughs> kick their feet on the ground and be like oh so <laughs> sweet Dash, i love it it's just ridiculous it's a ridiculous song painful Painful listen. <laughs> on YouTube, all the comments where people are like, I miss my dad. Yes, I, I really saw that call, too. I should really call my dad. Oh my god. I don't know, like, it sounds nice, but yeah, it's... I feel like, yeah, I gotta be... I ha- Again, the common denominator to the song is, is that you're wistful about your dad. Yeah. And I will simply... It doesn't happen that often. Well, maybe you should stop hating your dad so much. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dad. I should get wistful, You should man. call him right now. Yeah, call Dad. Put him on the podcast. Can we listen to this song together, Dad? <laughs> While we watch some boats. Watching. The, it's got to be one of the worst titles. Watching the boats with my dad. I don't know why. It just seems I, like the hokiest title to a song I can think of. I, I almost have to question... No, I guess it can't is he be, being ironic? Can't, well, is he being ironic? Because then, my my only thought is, I guess this doesn't work for this album because this was like the fourth ever album he put out. But with the volume of albums he puts out, yeah, he can't put that much thought into the title and <laughs> al- like he's no. like he's like a factory. He's probably got someone else. He come probably up with like titles. goes to like Wikipedia and hits the random <laughs> yeah. button. He's like, oh, there's a title yeah. of that song. Yeah. No, a good point. I don't know. Watching the boats. It should have just been watching boats with dad. Been a, just a <laughs> just little more. Just drop the mind. Yeah. Kind of like in the social network when <laughs> Justin Timberlake's like, drop the the. Yeah, drop the Facebook. Exactly. Come on, Buckethead. And yeah. Buckethead, what's the deal? Well, what I want to know is why did it take Halloween 4 for him to be like, I'm inspired by the mask? Did he not see Halloween 1 or 2 or 3? The mask didn't change. <laughs> What's the deal? <laughs> and I, KFC. I don't get it. Uh, it's because he's Paul Gilbert. Slash, slash. Slash, slash. You see what I'm saying? Slash, That's slash. That's why. It all is too fishy. He definitely goes out of his way to be weird and jarring. Yeah. Buckethead. He does say, I mean, I've heard some of his music and it's, yeah. Um, if you amazing it's amazing guitar work if you want to get a good handle on the extent of how creepy and weird he can be because <laughs> it's kind of an obscure song but if you can find his album buckethead land 2 and look up the song slaughterhouse blues one of the few songs that he has vocals in it's him talking and it's all about him losing his job at the slaughterhouse and then going back there to get revenge on his boss. <laughs> and he like talks about how he likes to slaughter cows, but not as much as people because the cows don't talk to him and don't ask him to stop. It's it's the most fucked up thing. Wow, he's here. so he's really all in. He's all in Buckethead. He's 
like like he said after he looked in the mirror and said that's Buckethead and he says I never want to not be that thing he is that thing it's just of all the origin stories I can possibly imagine if I were to just see them all these are all the musician origin stories that gave them their persona and I and I was forced a gun was to my head and said pick which one someone would later regret in their career I would pick that one every single time infinitely over I would pick the one where he put on a mask and then a KFC bucket on his head and looked in the mirror and said that's it buckethead yet he's embraced he's it stuck with it and he's got quite a career my god I hope you're listening buckethead dude We'll come after. <laughs> I do. I'm a big fan of his music. Don't kill me. <laughs> Don't kill me. Okay. Uh, let's. Move. And final word. I'm okay. sure his mom loved the song, and that it's got to count for well, something. Well, no, it wasn't for her. It was for the dad. It was for the dad. No, I don't know. I'm just watching the boat with my dad. It was for the. Well, his as long as one parent loved. As long it. as a parent. Then there you go. That's all that matters. All right. Let's move on to Rosemary's Baby by, you pronounce it. Fantimos. 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 Someone Fantimos. This is off of their 2001 album, The Director's Cut. Fantimos. Fantimos is a avant-garde experimental metal supergroup out of California. It consists of band members from Faith No More, Mr. Bungle, Slayer, Melvins, and Tomahawk. The name Fantomas is named after a pre-World War I French supervillain who was in a bunch of movies, films, comic books, books themselves. Mm. This is one of the many projects of vocal virtuoso Mike Patton. Mike Patton, famous frontman from Faith No More, Mr. Bungle, Tomahawk, Peeping Tom, The Dillinger Escape Plan, Lovage, multiple other projects. He's released multiple avant-garde jazz albums with the avant-garde jazz composer John Zorn. He's the co-founder of Epicac Recordings. He voiced all of the monsters in the 2007 film I Am Legend. Really? He also did the voice of all of the zombies in the video game Left 4 Dead. And he also voiced the character The Darkness in the video game The Darkness. And for the Portal fans out there, he played the Anger Sphere in the Portal game. He's an incredibly talented vocalist. The Director's Cut is a collection of covers and reinterpretations of horror and thriller themes from a variety of films and television series, this one in particular being from the movie Rosemary's Baby. Uh, It's a kind of a cover of the song Rosemary's Lullaby, which was originally composed by Polish music composer slash jazz pianist Krzysztof Komeda. And it was originally sung by Mia Farrow, who played Rosemary in the film. So, uh, what did you think of their cover of Rosemary's Lullaby? I mean, it, it's very simple. It's an extremely simple song, but I actually thought it, I, it was very, in a way, it was actually a very complex adaptation of the song, and I was very impressed. Extremely. I was very impressed. 
Yeah, for a song whose only lyrics are law yeah. and what have you done to its eyes, <laughs> yeah. it's a pretty yeah. awesome song. Yeah. Especially because the original song has a specific function where it would be held in like promos. And so you couldn't give away really anything in the movie except it's just a sort of lullaby. That if you listen to the original with Mia Farrow, it's just kind of creepy. Maybe she sounds kind of in a trance. But this one, you know, since it doesn't have that function of being a promo, but an adaptation, in a way, he really does. And maybe, I mean, I love the movie Rosemary's Baby, but he really kind of tells and injects themes from the movie into the adaptation of the song, which is brilliant. I mean, that's how you cover a song. You, you know, do something different with it. So I was, yeah, extremely impressed. Yeah, he's, he's just so freaking talented, like, the voices he can do like he sounds as cre like a creepy little kid and yeah. then he has this like very like sultry sexy man voice yeah and then just the intense screaming yeah. like his range is impeccable yeah no it's because in the original or right around the same time that he screams in the original is when mia farrow she just gets like a little deeper in her like trying to be like a soothing lullaby yeah. And that's where, yeah, he breaks and just screams, kind of revealing the horror. And then having the lyrics in from the movie in there. What have you done to their eyes? I mean, that's yeah, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. What did you think of the little interlude with the baby crying in the middle of it? Again, I thought that was, yeah, I thought that was fantastic. Just there's so much, yeah. they yeah. injected so much atmosphere into this song. Mm-hmm. For, again, something that is so simple on the surface. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's menacing. I mean, his this version is menacing, whereas the other one is just kind of, you know, creepy. Oh, is this woman just kind of, you know, yeah, passively kind of being a victim? This one is full out menacing and creepy. Yeah, I mean, really, it's a fantastic. Cover. Yeah, like, the whole album's pretty damn great too. This is probably their most highly regarded. This group, it's their most highly regarded album, and they covered. You know, they also do like the Twin Peaks Firewalk with Me theme. Really, I'll yeah, have to listen that's to the that. last yeah. song on the album. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I don't feel like I have that much to say about it other than it's just awesome and creepy and intense. Yeah. And... It's simple. It's very simple, but it's it really is. Yeah, very. Kind of t a tremendous amount of thought went into it. Recommend listening to the original. Watch the movie eight times. Then listen, then to, listen this. to this. Watch the movie one more time. Then the original backwards. No, but the original and this one, it really is impressive, Howie. Yeah, I'm planning on... I'm going to start doing more with the Tumblr page where I'm going to post the, a video of the original just for comparison. So oh, people nice. Can, if they want and listen to it to compare it. Yeah. So look out for that. Any other thoughts on Rosemary's Baby? No, I mean, right. yeah, fantastic. All right, next we'll move on to Easy Girl by Coconut Records off the, 2007, <laughs> the 2007 <laughs> album, Night Timing. Coconut Records is the indie pop solo project of actor Jason Schwartzman who's located out of L.A. in California. 
other than being a phenomenal actor, Jason also used to be the drummer for the alt-rock band Phantom Planet, which their most their biggest claim to fame is their song California, which mm-hmm. is the theme song for the show The OC. Oh God, that's California. Oh yeah. Wait, is that Jason Schwartzman singing? He was the drummer. He's just the drummer, not and vocalist. On I might have this wrong, but I think he left the band prior to them writing that song. Man, but yes. Missed out on that paycheck. California. Oh, wow. I don't think he's hurting too much. <laughs> yeah. He's kind of comes from a big family of yes, famous people. Yes, he does. People. Yes, he does. Jason is the nephew of Francis Ford Coppola. He's cousins with Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. Both of his brothers are also actors. Robert Schwartzman, his brother actually sings on this song along with him. What are the odds that he would also be famous? That's crazy. I mean, (laughs) you wouldn't think lightning would strike twice. They're like a wow. They're like a more functional Baldwin family. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well said. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) This album was released on his own record label called Young Baby Records, which, as far as my research told me, the only two albums that they've ever put out are (laughs) Coconut (laughs) Records albums. And People aren't fighting to get on the young baby. I, I guess either that he's very picky. Label, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> again, know. what are the odds? Yeah. Francis Ford Coppola, Nick Cage, and then... Good old Jason Schwartz. <laughs> so yeah, Coconut Records. Coconut Records. And Easy I, Girl. The early um, albums, or early copies of this album actually came with Polaroids that Jason took himself. I don't know, so what, what did you think of Easy Girl? I mean, especially listening to this song after listening to, her, to the other... baby. It's like... Again, I, you know, I'm not hating on Jason Schwartzman or you know his aspirations, but the depth of thought that went into that cover just it, makes the depth of thought of this original <laughs> song look like just nothing it completely overshadows this song <laughs> like this song just looks like a piece of shit and actually if, 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 you, <laughs> if you skip ahead to the next two songs out of these five this album this song is it's like this anomaly of normalness and is the, that right okay well yeah, no i just yeah. like if if you look at all five songs you have this weird Dumb Buckethead song, a cover yeah. of Rosemary's Baby. Oh yeah. The next yeah, song yeah, is yeah, a yeah. deathcore song, and the last one is a drum and beat electronic. So it's yeah, like, these five songs. For as yeah. normal as this song sounds, it freakishly stands out because of how normal it sounds. It's very normal. It's very just light, breezy. It's a breezy. You never want to be called breezy. Do, would you ever want the adjective breezy labeled to anything you've ever? It's breezy. Unless I'm like going for like a cover girl look. <laughs> yeah, These exactly. Easy, breezy, breezy, beautiful. This, look, this is the one sort of heuristic I use when I need to judge music. I ask, It's a little thought project. I ask myself, I don't know who this, <laughs> who's performing this song. This Can I conceivably imagine that this could be a song? in an Adam Sandler movie in which he is singing it on a beach playing a guitar. <laughs> and this one... Wait, do you do this with all the music you listen <laughs> every to? Every song. Every song. <laughs> and this song 100% is 
In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if he's covering an Adam Sandler song from some Hawaiian bullshit vacation movie he has. I feel like you're referencing a specific <laughs> movie. I little mean, Nicky, right? Yeah, Little Nicky, yeah. there you go. But, you know what I mean? It just yeah. sounds like... Be my easy... <laughs> I say girl, you say yeah. It's it's kind of almost like doo-wop-y yeah. in a way. I don't know, this song really lacks substance. Yeah. It's, it's very shallow and on the surface. Like, it's, it's very nice, but it's too nice. Yeah, it's almost. too it's, nice. I don't know, like, I feel like compliment slash critique i often think of jason Schwartzman as like he's a little too precious yes and this song is a little too precious yes yes it needs a little edge some dimension it needs a it's just one dimension though the only dimension i can possibly pick out of here and i'm probably just projecting is what does he mean by the term easy is he like <laughs> yeah. is he like is he trying to play with it or is he like really just trying to like reclaim that word for you're an easy girl to love or is he kind of being a little funny like being misleading like oh you're an easy girl yeah to love i i, don't I know. wondered that too and then i looked at the lyrics which are quite i mean this They're is very thought-provoking <laughs> yeah very th let's put it this way if you had to learn how to read this would be a good song to read the lyrics to, because it's very simple. Easy girl. See spot, easy girl. Easy girl. <laughs> so it makes me think that there just couldn't have been that much thought. It's, it's a very bougie song. It's a very bourgeois song. The whole thing seems like a vanity project. Yeah, I I really like other songs on this album. Like the song West Coast yeah. is really good. Yeah, that's the one I've heard and I do like. And I had no idea that was Jason Schwartzman. And now I'm afraid when I hear it, I'm not going to like it. See, just because it's Jason Schwartzman. West Coast is arguably such a good song where just like no matter if you know it's Jason or yeah. not, it's a good song. It's a good, it is a good this song. This song right here <laughs> makes me think, would I listen to this if i didn't know it was jason schwartzman would it have even been made would any label yeah. have produced this song if it wasn't on young baby rush oh, what the hell is he put it out himself the name of the band it's precious <laughs> wait let me get it. the name of the band is coconut records yes and the label what? is not called coconut records even though that sounds it's like called a record young label. baby yeah coconut records off of young baby records they should it seems like there should be a song called watching the boats with my dad <laughs> on this yeah <laughs> I, I i agree except i think most of his songs are just about love and girls love and girls and apparently he said he had kirsten dunst zoe deschanel yep. on the album which they again those aren't renowned musicians zoe yeah she has a band called she and him i know <laughs> you look Come like on. you have a bad taste in your mouth. It's all just sprung. It's, it's all just tip. Are there any good bands with actors in it? Well, yeah, Paul McCartney. Wings. Haven't you seen him dead. in that? <laughs> he was in that music video with Michael Jackson. Oh, yeah. He was a Western what that? cowpoke. What's that fucking movie? Yellow, Yellow Sub Sandwich? Is that yes, what it's that's called? Right. <laughs> yeah. It's Golden good... Sub Sandwich? <laughs> Wait, that's a good question. Is there a good actor musician i have an answer to this question off the t there's gotta be at least one i can think of some terrible ones who you got 
30 seconds to Mars. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> no, 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 I'll take it. It's my favorite. I actually have their tattoo right here. Yeah, oh, I see that. <laughs> no, um, have you ever heard of Dead Man's Bones? No. Ryan Gosling. Are you bullshitting me? Ryan I Gosling know, is I know a, it ugh. sounds, but if I were to play this album for you, you would friggin' love it. It's, Are you bullshit? No. I actually, it's one of the albums I am seeking to get on vinyl. What? Does he sing? Yes. It's him wow. and a drummer and a children's choir. And they wrote a whole album of like Scooby-Doo era horror movie songs. They're all about monsters and ghouls and skeletons. And it's good. It's the, <laughs> It's great. Wow. It's like it's Maddie loves it too. Like it's I'll have to check it out. I'll have to uh, check it I out. I really I I can completely understand your skepticism. <laughs> Every person I've ever played this for loves it. It's so weird and unique and catchy and sweet huh. and simple and to the point. And it's he's actually not that bad of a singer. What's uh, did the you band? Ever, what's the band called? Dead, Dead Man's Bones. Did you ever see Blue Valentine? No. No, okay. I have not. Because nope, he did nope, some nope, singing nope. in that movie, and that's very similar to the singing that he does on the album. It's very kind of 50s doo kind of singing. Uh, I could see it. It's not like Jared Leto. Yeah. Pretentious yells, screaming. I'm a lot more forgiving. I mean, I'm completely biased. It's irrational, but I'm much more forgiving for musicians that try to act. Than actors that try to do musicians. What do you think Jared Leto is? Is I'm, he an actor who tries to do music or a musician who tries to act? I mean, I unless I got his biography wrong, he got his huge break as a huge star as an actor, and then he became famous as a musician. But maybe I got that wrong. Are you familiar with Donald Glover and Childish Gambino? Yeah. That's kind of an interesting topic. Yeah. Because he is kind of... He was a stand-up comedian, actor, kind of did music on the side. And then for a period of time, he just did music. Yeah, just did And now music. he's back in movies again. Yeah. And actually, his music's good, in my opinion. I, I actually... His one album, I can't remember what it's called. Camp? Because no. Because of the internet? Because of the internet. I do like that one. I listened to it on an airplane. It was one of the songs available, but yeah, it was good. The album, but I don't know. I'm even him. I feel I'm very biased because I know him as an actor, and then he tries to do music. Very skeptical. Nick Cage. It's a music what? I th I'm pretty sure he does. You would be shocked at how many actors actually claim to have music projects you Vigo, don't even know about. Viggo Mortensen. He's got exactly. <laughs> I didn't even know about it. Mel Gibson. I'm sure he's got one. And, and you name it. Name an actor that's a white. Old, a white a actor white. above the age just, of forty. Just a white. A white. He's a white. A white man above the age of forty who's acting has a project. Jeff Bridges. Jim Carrey. Alec Baldwin. Jim Carrey, I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does. Google it. He's got it. Well, At does. some stage in their life, they think, why don't I just start expressing myself through music? At, to our torture. To our collective torture as fans. Did you ever listen to 
Jeff Bridges' sleep tapes. I just heard about it. I heard it was good. I actually heard it it's was pretty good. pretty interesting. Well, yeah, I dug it. Because <laughs> it's not really him singing. It's just kind of like field recordings and him like telling soothing stories. It's just like the dude, right? Basically. It's kind of, yeah. yeah. I, I actually, I liked it a lot. I, I heard it not was Not enough good. to like buy the big expensive box set of it, but you can listen to it for free on his website. Oh, really? So, it's interesting. <laughs> All right. Uh, Fuck the, actors, man. <laughs> Say that. Especially a whites. Especially the whites. All right, let's move on to Aortic Dissection <laughs> by Carnifex. Off their 2008 album, The Diseased and the Poisoned. Carnifex are a deathcore band from San Diego, California. Deathcore is a fusion of death metal and metalcore. Metalcore is a fusion of extreme metal and hardcore punk. So, I'm sure you completely <laughs> understood that, but for anybody yeah. else who doesn't, it basically mixes the use of death metal's fast drumming, down-tuned guitars, and growled vocals with metalcore's screamed vocals, melodic riffs, and breakdowns. The breakdowns are the biggest part, like when everything gets really... Duh, 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 duh. And you yeah. can just like feel it. You can see people with long hair head banging in your head. <laughs> Carnifex is Latin for butcher or if used in a certain way, executioner. Mm -hmm. And unlike so many bands we talk about, they actually have defended being labeled as a deathcore band. Wow, good on them, man. The lead singer has been quoted saying, We're not one of those bands trying to escape the banner of deathcore. I know a lot of bands try to act like they have a big problem with that, but if you listen to their music, they are very deathcore. I know that there's a lot of resentment towards deathcore and kind of younger bands, some of it warranted. I definitely see some of the monotony in some of the bands that came out, but some of the bands are writing genuine music that they enjoy, and if you've got a genuine passion for it, then it's art, it's music, and you can't really judge it. I think it's kind of a mature way to look yeah. at it. Yeah. An aortic dissection occurs when a tear in the outer wall of the aorta causes blood to flow between the layers of the wall and the, and the aorta, forcing the layers apart, oftentimes resulting in death. What is the fixation on, like, the body carnal violence why is that so such a motif in this i think it's the most like, simple relatable way to express negativity yeah like yeah. if there's one thing you can understand it's your body and its yeah. ability to feel and experience the environment around it yeah primordial and, like, Invoking images of mutilated bodies is probably like the easiest way <laughs> to like get across this primal idea of fear, pain, hate, yeah. rage. Rawr, yeah, yeah, is my best guess. No, that's a good guess. The song is actually very depressed sounding if you look up the lyrics. Yes, because yes. obviously can't quite understand them though. Unlike the lactating blood song by <laughs> Mutilated, if you read the lyrics while listening to this, you can actually 
made like oh he is actually singing this i can hear yeah, it you can corroborate it uh what did uh what did you think of it i thought and actually i thought this similar thing about the lyrics these could be like billy corgan lyrics they very were <laughs> sad yeah very if you heard you you could literally hear like a sort of billy corgan almost an emo band singing the lyrics obviously differently yes but otherwise the lyrics could be the same but i like this i think you know i'd have to go back and listen to some of the other death metal hardcore metal I and mean, i sound like an old person now. i have no <laughs> idea what all this metal stuff is but kids and your mtv you kids and your metal things and but i, I think i actually like this the best the drumming was not just that kind of namby pamby ting 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 ting, but this was more kind of driving force. And there was a clarity in the instruments that was lacking in some of those others, where it could have been any instrument just distorted out. This is an extremely well produced song. Yeah, it sounds incredible yeah. for metal music. Yeah, it was. I was very clear, and there there were rhythmic tonal shifts that. I was impressed. Yeah. I was actually impressed. With yeah, this. I, that's the one thing about this deathcore genre I like is that there's this these changes. Yeah. You can hear it go from like the like low death metal sound to like the there's like these movements almost yeah. within the song. Yeah. Yeah, so and it's impressive. I mean to do that with the speed and the clarity. I I was impressed. It's a good song. I'm it's not good song. I'm not quite sure what it's about. <laughs> Upon reading the lyrics, like I was trying to relate them back to the title, which kind of <laughs> maybe is referencing heartbreak. Yeah, yeah. But the song seems to be more about the protagonist, I guess, the the lead singer's point of view about him talking about past regrets and sharing them with someone else and how he feels broken. I'm not sure if the song's about heartbreak or if the title's just there to like be controversial. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, I have no clue. I have no clue. But I mean, do people even listen to it? Does the average Carnifex fan know the lyrics or give a shit about the lyrics? Because no offense, but this genre seems like the type that would attract people who don't particularly care about wordcraft well, in the music. Maybe they'd like other songs, but you wouldn't listen to this or the lyrics. I mean, I guess it depends on how deep into fandom you want to go. Metal fans in general probably don't care about the lyrics, but if you're a fan of Carnifex, then maybe you're going to look up the lyrics. Yeah. Fair like point. metal, if there's one thing about metal guys, metal people, they're just huge nerds metal down. metalmen <laughs> metalmen's and metalmen's yeah they, they're they're just they they might look intimidating but they're actually just huge nerds they're yeah. music nerds they're usually people who take the craft of technicality of playing music very seriously a lot yeah. of people think like it's the only way to really showcase musical talent i could see that increasingly especially given that Every time you approach one, we've approached one of these songs, it comes with like eight different genres yes. kind of in relation to it. That it does signify it. There's a fair amount of thought. Well, and there's it. so many more genres that we haven't even touched yet. 
it's it get it goes deep. Yeah, no, it's good. There, uh, there's some subreddits on this. Let oof, me tell you that the deep web reddits. My only theory relating the lyrical content to the title, because the way that an aortic dissection works is basically one damaged part of the heart causes other parts of the heart to become damaged. Yeah. So maybe he's referencing that some sort of damage to himself is so bad that it is inflicting more of himself or perhaps others around him. It's, he says, like, tonight I gave you everything I had, and now you see why there's hatred in me. Now you see why there's death in these eyes. This was just made to be broken. That could said, be, like, dashboard very, confessional, very, yeah. man. That could be dashboard confessional. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. No, I think broken heart. Yeah, something like that. Well, I, I always think it's it's funny. I, if you hadn't looked up the lyrics, you'd probably, and you saw the song title listen to the song and be like oh this song is just about murdering people yeah mutilation really, it's just some guy going like man bro <laughs> you hurt my feelings <laughs> to be a cure song yeah exactly yeah. Right. but a good song yeah i was impressed with it. all right any other thoughts no but okay. probably of all again the different iterations of metal this is probably the best i've heard so you like this more than the mashuga song you think Wait, refresh my memory. Meshuggah was post-metal, or they were... They were the... <laughs> Degent metal. The Degent metal. No, Meshuggah was better. Because you were yes. very impressed with that song. Meshuggah was better, but I almost don't classify them. They are in kind that. Of, I respect that. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking more of the uh, mutilated... Yeah. Whatever the hell, and then the other one. What, what, were the, what was the other one we've listened to, like, the first week? Oh, the leftover crack. Yeah, leftover the, crack. The hardcore punk yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Okay. See you. But Mashuga, that's its you own. You are becoming a metalman. There we go. Because a, a metalman would be like, oh, I wouldn't even classify <laughs> Mashuga with this. Whereas everyone else is gonna be like, oh, that's all the same band. No, no, yeah, yeah. See? A metalman. By the end of this podcast, mom, I'm a metalman. Did you hear? <laughs> oh, metalman. <laughs> Soon Dominic's gonna grow out his hair and oh, start man. wearing Metallica t-shirts. This is why and... my mom didn't want me to go off to college in the <laughs> big city. I'm gonna turn into a metalman. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. Oh, I just out of all the things a mother could be worried about, like, oh, son's gonna become a metalman if he moves off to the big city. Gonna be burning gonna stay crosses. Stay home and protect him. <laughs> okay. Let's move on to our last song. Which is a journey to Reedham, 7 a.m. mix by Square Pusher. And this is off of Square Pusher's 1997 EP, Big Loda. Mm. Square Pusher is a UK-based recording artist from Clemsford, Essex, England. His real name is Tom Jenkinson. He dabbles in drum and bass, acid house, acid techno, jazz, electroacoustic, and IDM music. For anybody who's curious, Acid House and Acid Techno is a very specific type of music that it can only be played with one certain type of synthesizer. Yeah, that's what I thought. It's called a Roland TB303, <laughs> and it's known for its squelching bass sound. Yeah. It was very popular in the 90s, especially around England. Aphex Twin and Square Pusher were kind of pioneers of... 
I guess if you want to say popularizing, at least mm. bringing it up to the forefront of the EDM's attention. Yeah. Though, for as electronic as Square Pusher is, he's also a very talented electric bass player. Hmm. He actually has an album entirely of solo electric bass music. Wow. He often gets compared to Aphex Twin. Some might say that he kind of lives in Aphex Twin's shadow, kind of like the is it Stephen King and Coons or whatever. Coons, whoever. Yeah, what's his name? That's it exactly. Tim just Coons, Tom Coons. Yeah, exactly. Stephen King and that whoever. Square Pusher is that whoever. <laughs> yeah. Or like Steve Jobs and Bill Gates. <laughs> I, I, I think he's definitely paved his own sound, but for people who aren't in deep, a lot of times I could see why people might say he's just an fixed one wannabe. Yeah. Though I think, at least now and today, he's definitely branched off and made his own sound for himself. A little interesting fact about him, he actually wrote an EP that is completely performed by robots. <laughs> it's called Music for Robots, and it's famous for one of the robots, whose name is Mach, is the guitarist robot, and he has 78 fingers and can play with 12 picks simultaneously. Wow, and does this sound like music? It does. It's wow. actually, wow. I, I was planning on posting a video <laughs> of this on the Tumblr post for this episode as well. It's very moving actually and it has three robots a drummer a guitarist and a keyboard player he teamed uh, a Japanese robotics company approached him asking him to compose a song and he liked it so much that he went on to record five more and he made an album out of it nice another interesting fact Big Loda this EP was released on Trent Reznor's now defunct record label nothing because mm. at the time there's a record label called Warped, which pretty much any electronic artist who means anything, they're on that label. But at the time that this came out, they were in the UK only. So Trent, I don't know if Trent actually did it, but his record company released this in the United States mm. at the time. While um, Square Pusher is known to kind of move about multiple genres in his albums, this EP seems to stay in the drum and bass realm of things. For anybody who doesn't know, drum and bass is a style of electronic music that's characterized by very fast break beats with heavy bass and sub bass lines. Uh, what did you think of A Journey to Read Him? I thought this was a fantastic song. I thought this was a brilliantly constructed song that I love. I love this song. I fucking love this yeah, song. Yeah, I thought too. this was. This was fantastic song i just thought i mean it, enormous attention to the architecture of the song it had intro it had the action and then it had an outro as if it sort of raveled and unraveled yeah and that was very impressive and just the layering over it the, starting with the voice recording and then the bouncing electronic it almost sounded like steve reich yeah. sort of like minimalist but then it just kept adding on bass and yeah, I love the percussion kind of counterpoint. I thought brilliant song. I thought this was a brilliant song. It was so good. Yeah. It was originally commissioned to be in a video game. And about halfway through <laughs> making it, he's like, I like this too much. I got to keep this good. for myself. Yeah. 
Wait, so tell me a little bit more about, because I'm not that familiar with the uh, the technology that you said that they were, I've only just heard about it, but you know, not to put you on the spot, more details about that particular machine that they used to make this music. Are you talking about the Acid House synthesizer? Yeah. I'm not sure if that was actually used in the creation of this okay. song or not. I just know it's it's a very specific synthesizer with a specific noise. It's a analog synthesizer. Okay. Yeah. Acid house music and acid techno music is very warm and analog. Yeah. Aphex Twin actually has a whole side project called AFX, which is only analog recordings and it's usually acid something because okay. it uses that synthesizer. Okay. I'm not as familiar with that style of music to be able to tell you if that was used for this song or not. Um, yeah, because yeah, it was because at times it almost sounded like it was like overdrive distortion, like the song yeah. was bursting at the seams, which I loved. I love that. I mean, that's a. I mean, I don't know if anyone's traced the influence, but that sort of electronic trickery that sounds so brilliant that's become. Ex- almost mainstream yeah over the last like five wow, years of prominence of dubstep yeah i mean that it's a and when was this recorded 90 this came out in 97 yeah i mean that's genius i thought this was a genius yeah square pusher and afx twin were definitely pushing the boundaries of what electronic music was at yeah. that time i love the kind of 8-bit chip toony feel yeah. to this also yeah fantastic i kind of makes like it does feel like a journey almost. I feel like morning commute almost comes to mind with the song. It's very yeah. happy. It's yeah. very warm. I love how manic the drumming is. Yeah, the drumming is ferocious. Man. It's, it's just great. it's so nice and upbeat and yeah. I, I've learned that Reedham is a village in the English county of Norfolk. No. And I was curious why so many English villages have like ham or corn or and i guess ham is a suffix which references that it used to be a farming okay not that i just (laughs) nice nice yeah i i don't know what else to say this is it's a great song yeah it's driving it's i just love how happy it is too because that's Usually something you don't find with IDM music. Yeah. It's usually more brooding. Or... Now, is it happy in the same way that uh, Coconut Records? Because that's a breezy. It's happy, but it's not breezy. I wouldn't call this breezy no. by any means. No. No. This no. is kind of a clunky song. <laughs> it flows, but there's a weight to it. I feel so bad for Coconut Records. It's just wedged right in the middle of so much it better did. music. It's like, just getting, it, like you said, it's it just getting get a fair crushed. Chance. Absolutely crushed. Did not get a fair chance. <laughs> so if you had to say your favorite, would it be Journey to Reedham? Let me say Rosemary's this. Baby? What will I listen to this week inspired by these five songs of Square Pusher? But the cover song is such a bullshit art 99% of the time. It's terrible. Someone says, I'm going to cover this song, and it's just a disaster. It's just stupid. I hate the original. I hate the person that covered it more. So this song, 
deserves like the Nobel Prize in covering and adapting a song. So I have to pick Fontamos. I'm sorry, I can't even say the name. Rosemary's Baby, because he actually creatively, thoughtfully covered a song. Fantastic. I agree. And it's very appropriate with Halloween being in two days. <laughs> there you go. Sorry, Mom. Big... Now I'm a metalman and I'm celebrating Halloween. My mom's going to kill me. You're like a pagan <laughs> metalman. It's a pagan metalman. I left a Catholic, came back a pagan metalman. I'm going to name my son Pagan, middle name Metalman. Last name, man. Pagan metalman. Not... Mr. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Mr. Metalman. Mr. Metalman. Mr. Pagan Metalman. I, I guess I, for a third time, I'm going to have to completely agree with your reasoning. While I think the Square Pusher song is probably my favorite, just due to everything you said. I, I don't know. I guess it's a tie between those two. Yeah, I can't, it's hard. I probably. Like, given, like, every day if I woke up and was told you have to listen to one of these two, <laughs> I'd probably go to Square Pusher more yeah. often just because the Rosemary's Baby song is so specific. Yeah. Whereas this is a lot more generally enjoyable. Yeah, exactly. No waiting watching the boat with my dad. <laughs> Again, Sorry, similar to the Coconut Records, it just lacks substance. It's... Breezy. It's yeah, a breezy it's, it's song. It's a breezy song. You never want to be breezy. What's your cover girl? It's wispy. 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 All right, I guess <laughs> we can move on to what everyone's been waiting for over the past hour. Ooh. Probably just picking out the next five songs. And I, I just figured no one listens to it. They just are <laughs> curious what the next five songs are. That's all they care about. Let's get to the end. All right, here we go. First song is Starlings by Elbow. Second song is This Must Be It by Roiksop. Third song is Other Side by Rancid. Fourth song is Swing Life Away by Rise Against. And the fifth and final song is another swan song, Job. But this is off their album Cop. So you're going to get a very different sounding swans. It'll be like a completely different band, I promise. So go ahead and listen to those, and we'll talk about them next week. Thank you for listening. <laughs>